Hello, dear listeners. We're in another radio show of Haraita Nolad, here with you, Abraham Barzilai. This is, of course, live broadcast. Today is November 26, 2014, and we go on. Today, I would like to um, highlight one of the very important topics of education, and I mean a lot of people actually struggling with this issue, and I'm talking about the punishment. Um, A punishment, it is a positive thing or maybe negative thing. Um, Is this necessary? Or maybe we can manage our family, our kids, without punishment. It is possible at all. Well, we would like to uh, see today, we would like to check out if the punishment can promote our child, can make him make a progress, or maybe it's make him to retreat. And actually, this is our topic today. And, of course, before we start, just like every time, um, we will tell you that uh, our phone number for text messages is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And if you want to uh, send us your question, um, you can call us, um, you can uh, send us an email, um, info at abraham-barzilai.com, info at abraham-barzilai.com. And if you want to call in, 718-683-5858. Well, if we try to looking around us, we can see the whole world actually managed by punishment. I mean, every normal state Every normal country try uh, to make an order in their cities, and they want people to go on the right path to avoid from doing criminal things. So there are a lot of punishments. I mean, if you steal something, um, you can sit in a jail. If you do something bad, if you're parking your car in the improper place, you may get a ticket. Every view that we have on the world, we can see that system. In every statement, in every country, you can find the punishment exists. And we're pretty convinced that punishment actually helps us. Because just try to imagine a state or uh, a country, a city, without rules, without people being threatened by punishment, it's going to be terrible. I mean, the reason that people actually keep, keep the rule and keep their behavior as well it's because of the fear from punishment. And actually today, I would like to illuminate one angle of 
the concept of of punishment in another in a different light. Well, I would like to make an announcement. And the announcement says punishment cannot make any real progress in your child's education. Punishment cannot achieve actually any gain in education. And I know it maybe sounds uh, surprised, pretty surprised, but I promise to you that I can stand uh, instinct in my position. And in this radio show, Bezat Hashem, I will explain you why and how I can say that. And on the other hand, what is my suggestion to manage the home as well without punishment? It is possible at all. Well, I want to go back to my previous lecture when I spoke a little bit about um, psychologist attitude. Psychologist attitude in the world, in the worldwide, says that actually whole people have to walk on the same lane, on the same path. They define it the normal pace of the world. Now, when you see someone walking outside, walking out of their margins, we actually recognize a problem, an issue. Look at that man. He's not normal. His behavior actually going out of the lines. Now, uh, the mission of psychologist is let's bring him back into the normal edge, into the normal lines. When you try to keep people into the normal lines, as we call it, the, the most you can gain from it that he will not be a, a tribal maker. He will not make any trouble. But you are not promoting him. I mean, yes, I admit the whole world actually managed by the threat of punishment. We know there is a jail, there is a ticket, there is law offices. It's threatening us. Let's face it, it's threatening us. In most of cases, it may avoid someone from doing something bad. We all know it. And Chazal also emphasized this point. They say in the Mishnah, means, always keep praying for the peace of your country kingdom, because without its fear, one another can eat. People make eat one another. Eat him by when he is still alive. The worst situation in the world may happen without the peace of the kingdom, the authority, the rules, the punishment. So we all know 
that we need punishment. But the different uh, view between the Torah and the psychologist's attitude means psychologist's attitude says, I want you to be normal. Please don't make trouble. Don't make any crime. Just behave. And if I don't want to be to make progress, I don't wa- I don't want to move on to develop my nice behavior. This is not my business. You can keep doing whatever you want at your house, at your place, as long as you don't affect it. any one of your society. There is no problem by psychologist attitude. But a Torah view has a, a great different, a difference. Torah attitude says, I want you to be busy to make a progress, to develop yourself, to be better and better. And at the moment you stop, improve yourself, you're actually going reverse. You're actually going down. We saw it in the Torah when Hashem told Cain, Hashem told him, Lama chara lach velama naflu panecha. Why are you so sad, Cain? Hashem told him, Halo im teitiv se'et, ve'im lo teitiv lafetach chatat ovet. Look at that. If you be better, if you try to be better, say it. Everything is going to be just fine. I will forgive you for the great sin of murder your brother. But if you wouldn't make yourself be better, you have to know when you're going to die from this world and you're going to the second world, the Olam then you got your punished. And the question is very simple. Hashem told him, if you're going to be better, I will forgive you. But if you just wouldn't, hey, wait a minute, what is the opposite of being better? to be worsened. Why Hashem didn't tell, tell him, if you be better, everything will be just fine. But if you be worsened, this is the opposite of being better, then you get your punished. No, Hashem says, and if you wouldn't be better, you have your punished. You know why? Because when you just stop to be better, you stop from being busy to make a progress to be better than yesterday, then you can make sure that you're going down even if you don't notice about it. That's the great rule of the life. In the yeshivas, they used to say, in the spirituality life, there is no principle of vacuum. There is no empty space. Or you're going up And if you just stop from going up, you're going down. Even if you don't realize 
And if you don't, if you do, even if you don't even notice that. Now, I really admit that punishments can help people to avoid from bad behavior. And by policy, and by the public policy, it's very good. As long as you don't make troubles, you don't hurt anybody, I have no problem with you. And this is the same attitude of most of psychologists, and I'm talking about psychologists by the worldwide method, the famous method of them. They means when, when someone come, comes to me, and he sits, he sits in front of me, and he has a problem. I look at him like someone who getting across the line. My job is to bring him back to the normal line. But what, what after that, this is, not, this is not my business. What's going to be tomorrow, this is not my business. I finished my session. Torah view says, no, not at all. I have to teach the person how to be better. I want him to be busy with making progress in his life. When you're busy, when you are dealing with fixing something, there is no way you're going down. But if you just came to be normal, what people call normal, and that's it, you have no any interest. Tomorrow can be worse than yesterday. You have no interest. You have, people have to be to dealing always with the inspire to be better than yesterday. And this is the only demand you have to demand your ch- from your child. Don't, look f- don't be looking for achievements. Don't look for 100% on exams. Please, just educate your child to put an effort. Just trying to be better, my dear son. Just try to do the maximum you can. And even if your test doesn't reach to 50% constantly, you are my hero. You are the best son in the world. I love you. Sometimes you can find parents can punish their child because he brought a low mark on a test. This is a crime. This is a real crime. The most gain of punishment can be avoidness from doing bad things. But the Torah says, as we told, that we have to struggling with being better. We have to busy with being better. It's not enough just do not make troubles. And rather, this is just an illusion. If you see someone that he stand on his place, he's not making progress ahead, and he's not making any reverse. It's just an illusion. If you're not going ahead, 
You're actually going down. This is the basic thing we have to learn when we approach to the topic of punishment. Now, actually, I would like to extend it, but not before. We remind you, you can text us, 347-927-8398. You can call in, 718-683-5858. We will start with a small musical break, and we'll be right away on air. Stay with us. נושם את האוויר, האור והצל משחקים שוב תופסת. השולחן ערוך תמונות ילדות על הקיר, שיירות לבנות חוזרות מבית כנסת. והריח הזה, שסורק את הלב, מתגנב, מתגנב, ופתח דלתות. אלו שקטן אל אותו שישן שעובר אצלנו במשך דורות מתנות קטנות משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות כסיסים של כוונה עיגולים של אמונה מתנות קטנות משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות זוחלות מהחלון, שום שערה גדולות תסתיר פה את השקט. מתנות קטנות, שהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, בסיסים של כוונה, עיגולים של אמונה, מתנות קטנות, שהוא שלח שלח לי 
Till you reach the point when Hashem can be your witness that you wouldn't make this sin again forever. This is the highest level and pure tshuva. It means when a person got uh, when a person got a punishment actually why he got it just because of one reason 
Hashem demands you to improve your behavior. You did something wrong, you broke something, and it's not something that it, 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 it visible, it's invisible. We cannot see the damage of a sin. The same system in our home, when your child did bad thing, he actually doesn't see the, the whole damage of it. He doesn't really understand why it's so worse, why you yell at him, why you're so getting nervous. He doesn't know why. But actually, if you got a punishment, you have to know that someone demands you, please, I want you to fix it up. I want you to bring, you, to bring yourself back to the place before this chet, before this sin. And this is the whole the concept of what we can read in a lot of books, especially in the rebuke books. You can find uh, some sentence going like, we have to fix the chet of Adam Arishon. He made the chet, and I have to fix it? Why? Because the old spirits, the old souls of Am Israel, actually, the source of all our souls is in Adam Arishon. And when Adam Arishon made a sin, all our souls get dirty from this sin. And the entire mission of the world is to fix the first sin of Adam Harishon. That's the reason. That's the reason we all suffering. That's the reason of the diseases. That's the reason of sorrow. This is the source of all the bad things in the world. It's just because the first sin of Adam Arishon. And one more important thing. We have to know that when a child come, comes home, and let's say that he is jumping with his shoes on the couch, and his mother getting nervous and yell at him. How many times I told you, do not jump in your shoes on the couch? I want you to know that any yell or any criticize things that you say, this is also under the, the headline of punishment. People think think that punishment actually it's when you tell him go into your room for half an hour you don't go with your uh, uh, bike today or uh, you don't get a candy, a, a candy today people think this is the whole concept of of punishment and it's not true I want to re defined with you 
the definition of punishment. And please take a pen and write down on a paper. I want you to know punishment means any uncomfortable feeling I made to my child. Any uncomfortable feeling, even the little one, it's called also punishment. Now, let's have a look about our punishment, how it's going in a house, in a, at home. Your child touched the uh, crystal uh, uh, vase or something like this, or he broke something, then he get a punished. To give a punished without give a guidance how to fix it for the next time, it's a crime. When you yell at your child, when you're angry with him, just because of his deeds, without making him know how to fix it up for the next time, how to avoid this situation for the next time, it's a crime. Just to make him feel bad, that's it? Is this the goal of punishment? No, not at all. And please, I want you to remember, to make your child feel uncomfortable, merely, just because he did something that get, a ner get, a get us nervous, this is a crime. This is not the way. What have you gained? What's going to be on the next time? What's going to be? He will be better? Did you give him the tools to avoid from this situation for the next time? If we'll be honest with ourselves, most of our criticism in the house, most of the commands, most of our complaints in front of the child is just because we're getting nervous. We don't know what to do. If you have any idea, teach your son what he has to do on the next time in the same situation. Just like the Rambam says. The real tshuva is, making tshuva means that Borei Olam can witness that you are not going to do that on the next time. But if you don't know what is the reason of, your, of, of, of his parents' yells, what is the reason they scream on him and he doesn't really understand what do you want from him? Now, what do you want? He doesn't feel that he can defend himself for the next time. What is he going to do? This is a point we have to think about it. And we really have to think about it. It's very dangerous to make your child feel uncomfortable to feel negative personality, and he doesn't know how to fix it. He doesn't know how to avoid this situation in the next time. Sometimes it seems to be uh, too much complicated, but it's not so complicated. Believe me, it's very simple. To use punishment, actually, 
stands in contrast of what we called Tzurat Adam. And let me to say it again and again and again until it's getting into our insight. We have to remember the way Hashem created a personality. The core of our personality is the power that I want to feel independent. I want to feel that I can do whatever I want and I get my decision by my own will. I don't want anyone to be involved in my decision. This is my own life. I want to be the owner of my life. This is a great need of the soul. This is actually the core point of our soul, of our spirit. When you punish your child, in most of times, you're degrading him. When you humiliate your child, this is unbelievable crime. In any case in the world, even if you're punished, are really justified. And he had to get a punishment. If it's going with feeling of humiliation, this is a crime. This is forbidden to do that. What have you gained when you humiliate your child? And in most of punishments, we we humiliating our children. Why? When his personality going down and down, especially in childhood, that this is the most critical years of the personality design, this is almost, we have no abilities to fix it. Because your child really believes you. When you call him a lazy when you call him chutzpan, when you call him azpanim, I don't know what, he actually starts to believe you. This is the real damage of criticism. When he starts to believe you, the next stage is he also start to behave just like that. And when he behaves just like that, you give him more criticize and more criticize and more criticize. This is a magic circle with no way out. We have to be sophisticated enough to not get into this circle. First rule, when you punish your child, don't humiliate him. Never, never, never and ever. The only a case you can punish your child if you also give him the tools how to avoid this sin for the next time. You have to give him the knowledge how to avoid himself from this situation on the next time. 
and I want you to know at all, punishments cannot promote your child. It can't bring him to make even one step ahead. It might be make him to avoid from some bad things, but not more than that. But please think about the damage. Think about the other side of the coin. It's almost impossible to punish your child without humiliating him. Do you know what the damage you make for his self-esteem? To his self-confidence? Can you imagine to yourself? Have you read the story about Sophie? If you didn't, I'm inviting you to go on the website of me. You can read the sad story of Sophie. What's going on with someone which his parents always criticizing him and punished him and it's going always it's going with humiliation. Now I know it sounds like a real maze and I would like to um, make the fog out but not before I should explain you that you can keep and send us your text messages and Bezat Hashem we will take it all. Text messages via 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. You can also call in 718-683-5858. Uh, we already have a few questions and Bezat Hashem I want to attend it. Maybe in the, in the, sec, in the next hour of uh, this radio show. Now we're going to a small musical break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Take 
This is Abraham Barzilai from Harriet and Olad Show here in J-Rock Radio. Just like every year, I will visit in New York this year too, Emir Tzayashem. But today, we have something fresh. I'm glad to announce that we open a new professional parenting course in Brooklyn and Queens. Includes six intensive sessions, morning school and evening school. If you want to join me to an unbelievable journey, call now, 347-893-9994, 347-893-9994, see you there. Hello, my fellow friends. This is Abraham Barzilai from Harayat Anulad Show here in J-Rock Radio. Well, we're here, well, we're here back um, with you. And for the first question of yours, it actually uh, brings me to the second stage of this radio show. Hi. I understand that punishment is not the best option. So how can I motivate an eight-year-old? Please give me some examples. Well, actually, this is the next question of us. If we don't use a punishment, And we already understood that punishment, um, the most gain he can give us is to avoid my son from doing something bad. But at the moment that the threat of a punishment will be over, will be over. So actually, 
he has no any interest to not make this scene for the next time. So what actually we suggest parents to do? Well, first of all, let's change the world, the word. We don't say punishment, we say respond. We don't use anymore in punishment, we use response. And let's explain what is the matter of response. One of the women in one of my lectures actually asked me the same question. So what do you what do you suggest to me to do? I have a question. What is the question? What is your question? Well, my question is, my six-year-old girl actually always rack on a chair when she sits to eat supper. And I warn her, please, don't rock on a chair. Don't rock on a chair. We're going to fail. We're going to fall. And I ask her, and finally, what's happened? She told me, what do you think? She failed. She failed down. Then I uh, ask her, tell me. I want to ask you a question. What do you do when your daughter falling down? What do you mean what I'm doing? I yell at her. Do you see? I told you. Didn't I tell you you were going to fall down? Now, next time, listen to your mama. And I ask, and she really did it for the next time? She listened to you? <laughs> so that mother will look at me and says, if she listened to me, I wouldn't be here today. I hear because I want to hear some, uh, some solution to my problem. Then I told her, look, when your child doing something danger, for the example, your child working on a chair, you have a duty to warn him one time, maybe twice. But that's it. Now let's say that he doesn't listen to you and he falls down. It's very pain for him, right? He hurt it. Now, don't say any word. Just try to hug him and tell him, Oh, my poor son, I think you got wounded. Let me see how can I help you. Now, the process in your child's subconscious is going like this. He starts to draw a line from his deed directly to uh, the response, I mean, I made something danger, I did something, I, I took a risk, then I'm suffering because of my deed. And it's so strong suffering that I experience it. I'm falling down. It hurts me. Now your child starts to draw a line between his danger deed to actually uh, the results he got. Next time it happens, he actually bracing that 
after three, four, five times it happens, he wants to avoid from this risk because he had an experience. And it's going by his choice. As you remember, we told you that Hashem created Adam in the way that he wants to make making choice. We call it in Hebrew to be bocher. Adam nivra bocher. The man created in the way of making choice. I want to make my choice. I don't want anyone decide to make my decision instead of me. But when you yell at him, when he fall down, you say, "You see, I told you." Didn't I warn you? Now you actually cut off the line that he started to draw from his deed to the response, to the pain, to the results of his danger deed. The same things you can do, just copy-paste for all the situation in life. Let's say that your child jumping with his shoes on a couch. Personally, I don't think it's so worse. I don't think this is a educationally value that we have to make so mysterious nefesh to avoid our child from doing that. But I know most of homes actually emphasize this issue. Don't jump with your shoes on the couch. Okay. Every time he does it, you hold his hands and walk with him into his room. And you can tell him, I want you to relax one minute or two minutes. I want you to relax in this room. Here, there is no couch. There is nowhere to jump in. Here, you can, you can come down. And in a two seconds, in two minutes, you can be out of here. To the living room. Now, if you're doing it and you, the parent, actually stay calm and you, parent, doing it very cold without emotions, your child feels that you don't angry with him. You don't do it with nervous. You just demonstrate him this is the result of jumping on a couch. You have to be in your room. The simple, the simple ex- explanation for this action will be, here in the room, there is no couch. This is the simple explanation so your child will understand the connection between his deed to the results that you choose from him, for him. Now, second time he is doing it, you have to take the same action. Don't be nervous. Stay calm. Take him from his hand, put him in a room, and tell him, you will be here for two minutes. Here, in this room, there is no couch to jump on. And that's, that's the way you have to, to do every single time he's doing it. Now it's not punishment. This is a response. Every time you're doing something like this, this is the response. Just like you're rocking on a chair, 
the response will be you falling down and it's really painful. Now, I want you to be aware um, of, um, of this point that I want to emphasize. You have to remember that when you're a child, actually does it again and again and again. He's jumping with his shoes on a couch again and again and again. There is a booby trap here. You may say, I know uh, it's very common uh, effect that parents say, now you did it for the first time. Now you're going to be in your room for five minutes. Next time it's going to be seven minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> it's not the way. You know why? It becomes to be punishment, not respond. The concept respond is the same respond at any time he's doing it. Let's say that your child rocking on a chair for the first time in his life, and he falls down and it's very pain. Second time he rocking on a chair, does his fail going to be worsen or more with pain? No, right? It's going to be the same response. The chair has the same response. Because that's the name, that's the definition. Respond, not punishment. So it doesn't getting worse and worse. How it goes in the classroom? The Rebbe tells to the, to the child, to the student, I want you to write 50 times. I will not do it again. I wouldn't speak in the lesson again. I'm not going to write it, the student says. 100 times. I'm not going to do that. 150, 2,000, uh, 200, 300. What are you doing? You see that he doesn't accept your punishment because it's difficult for him. And he says, because of his sorrow, and he's embarrassed. He says, I'm not going to do that. So you get your punishment higher and higher. It's not make sense. Always remember the example of the rocking on a chair. The fail in the tenth time, it's going to be just like in the first time. When we remember that, we know how to respond. Second rule, second rule, always being calm. You know why? Let's go back to the famous chair. When he rocking on a chair for the sixth time, the chair getting nervous? Does the chair is going to throw him Strongly that, that time? No, because a chair has no any goal to punish the person who rocking on it. The same thing has to be with us. When we want to make a response, it has to be very calmly. When you stay calm, you actually... Uh, express in front of your child 
that you have nothing personally with him. Because when he started to feel that there is something personally with him, you cut off the line he just started to drew from his deed to his result. And we have to be aware of that. Always stay calm. But parents ask me, what are you talking about? Stay calm? This is a fairy tale. Why? I'll tell you why. Because if you would, instead of me, with the nervous of a ten children crying with a little baby, with a, a, a teenager in the house, each one of them with his special needs, you want me to stay calm? This is impossible. You're done talking. What are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. Let me to surprise you. I hopefully, I know what I'm talking about. It is possible. But let's learn together how to make it happen. We all know, and we know also from uh, uh, science research, that the best time to bring something into your subconscious is when you're getting sleep. When the sleeping process starts, actually the science call it uh, the path from the conscious into subconscious. There is a stage when you start sleeping that your mind actually busy on something that thing going to be bigger and bigger, larger and larger during the night without that you notice. I mean in the halakha says, I want you to know that everything has a source in Chazal. And Chazal tells us, Chazal tells us that when a person going to sleep, it's very important to getting sleep from Divrei Torah. I mean, if you can learn Torah or think about something from the Torah, think about holy thing, and then you're getting sleep, it has very, very huge influence on your mind during the night, during your sleeping. Now, when you learn Torah, or maybe you have a kushia in the Gemara, or maybe you have a brilliant idea to fix some, something complicated in the sugya, in the limud, and then you're getting sleep, then this thing, this thought of your actually getting larger and larger and deeper and deeper into your subconscious during the night. That's the reason I manage my lectures, because most of people actually listen to me when they're getting sleep, because I make them sleep. But seriously, we have to remember that point. Now, here is my offer. Dear mother, dear father, when you're going to sleep, 
And the house is finally come. And finally the silence has a place to be existing. And then you're so tired, and you lay on your bed, and you just want one thing to get in sleep as fast as you can. Please, try to imagine the worsened situation in your house. Try to imagine yourself standing in the middle of the kitchen. In one hand, you hold a, 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 a dirty plate. With the second hand, you hold a, a dirty fork. And your little baby actually splits something on the floor. And that one screaming, and that one asks for something. And your cell phone is, don't stop to to make his rings. Try to imagine the most complicated situation in your house. And then try to imagine how, even so, you still stay calm. And you answer your child very calmly. And you try to fix the things up without getting nervous. I know on the first time it's going to, it sounds like a fairy tale, I know, but try to do that by, by your imagination. Because it's most easier in the imagination to make it. Second thing you gain you're going through a process that we call anticipation. Anticipation means be prepared for the situation before it happens. Be prepared before it happens. What I mean to say is when you already being in a situation, in your imagination, it will be easier to, to you when it comes true to be ready. The most bothering thing that actually makes us to fail again and again is because we are not prepared enough. And the work of be preparing, actually we're doing it at night. And if you're getting sleep, when you're going through this imagination, when you sleep, also this imagination getting wider and wider, and it's taking control of you. I'm not saying in the next morning it's going to be wonderful. No. It's a work, but it's accomplished. Just try to do that. Try to do that, and I can promise to you, you can see a miracle. Dear listeners, our phone number for your text messages, 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. If you want to call in, 718-683-5858. Now, before we approach to your uh, next text, um, let me to remind you, Bezat Hashem, on the next month, in December, I will be in New York, and we have a special parenting workshop. 
um, for parents and educator. Uh, this is a basic course, and um, actually, um, it's going to be in Brooklyn and in Queens. Um, we have uh, morning studies and evening studies, one course in English, one course in Hebrew. Um, if you want to um, to have a place, to have a seat uh, in our course, uh, you can call to Ilana. Her phone number is 347-893-9994, Special Parenting Course. Very informative. We have six sessions, very intensive studies. Uh, if you want to register to workshop, to our, to our parental uh, workshop, 347-893-9994. Hurry up to make the registration because we have limited spots. And now um, to one more uh, text message. When is a good time to punish? Also, what kind of punishment do you believe in for nine years old? Time out or take something away? Well, um, you have two questions here. The first one is, when is a good time to punish? And actually, uh, without knowing, you're leading me to the next stage of this lecture. What is the best time to use punishment? We all know that Hashem created a concept which called punishment. Now, what is the time? What is the time we have to use this tool? And when is the time it's going to be effective for the child benefit? And let me to emphasize punishment, just like the entire concept of education, it's for the child's benefit, not for us. Please try to internalize this basic rule. Without this rule, there is nobody talking about. Every educational action that we take, we have to see one goal. I want to help my child. We especially can find it in the issue, issue of discipline. Parents always ask me, please, talk about discipline. Even teachers in the classroom always ask me, please, give us a lecture about discipline, how to create discipline in the classroom. And I ask why it's so important to you. And he says, what are you talking about? I cannot manage my classroom without discipline. It's uncomfortable to raising up undisciplined child. And I say, yes, I know it's uncomfortable, but chinuch, it's not, it, it doesn't a concept which comes to help us to survive. No. That's why Abraham Avinu, Hashem says about Abraham Avinu, Ki edativ leman asher yitzavet banav acharav, veshamru derech Hashem. The best headline out of all the entire life of Abraham Avinu, when he stand in asara nisyonot, that Hashem told him, 
to sacrifice his own son, and Hashem doesn't manage it at all. Hashem just says, You know what is the best thing, the best unique of Abraham Avinu? It's because of the Chinuch. And, Avra, and the same Abraham Avinu is the symbol of kindness, Amuda Chesed. The symbol of kindness is Abraham Avinu. You know why? To teach us. The major attitude of education has to come from willing to grant something from kindness, from chesed. The source of education is chesed. And any action you take in chinuch, without that approach of chesed, you cannot call it educationally action. Be sure of that. So what is the good time to punish? Just like you ask here, First of all, we have to think about it. The punished come to assist my son, or it comes to assist me. And you have to be honest with yourself. The first basic rule, I want to make the best thing for my child. Now to your question. You know that each one of your children actually aware that that there are rules. He knows. Let's say that you have undisciplined child. He making trouble. Let me ask you a question. Do your child also eating halav basal together? Dairy and meat together? No. Why no? I ask a lot of parents with a lot of complaints. My child is undisciplined. I cannot deal with him. I don't know what to do. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He has no rules. Believe me, he has no rules. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you believe your child eats salve even if you don't look at him? No, no, I don't believe he do it. Hey, so he has discipline. And the parents say, yes, I didn't notice. So what do you say? What is the differences between halal, dairy, milk, and, and meat? To all the other issues in the house, you know what? Every child has his own rules and lines he wouldn't cross forever. It depends on the system of the family. It's getting changes uh, from child to child, but every child has uh, uh, specific limits. He's not going to cross it. You have to be sophisticated enough to find what actually his rules that he is not across it. Let's take an example. 
a boy which born in from family. Mishpacha did. Actually, naturally, he had no nisayon to turn on the light on Shabbat. Because naturally, when he uh, uh, in a house which keeping Shabbat from his, since he's born, he born, he has no any uh, uh, desire. He has no nisayon to make Hilul Shabbat. It's obviously, right? Now let's say that your child made Hilul Shabbat in Mezid. That you convinced and you saw it, it's Mezid. Now he crossed his own line. He crossed his own limit. This is very danger to your child. It may make him a lot of anxieties in the future. Because your child has to... I have my protected basic. My basic is protected. I mean, I have my lines, and I don't want to cross it. And if your child feels that he actually broke his own limits, he needs the strong hand nearby to put him back strongly back to his own. This is the point when you have to use punishment. But the punishment has to be very short, very concrete, and a little bit strong. But it has to be very short action. Let me to give you an example. There was a little child, 10 years old. He raised in Mishpacha Haredit, in a Frum family. And the father of the family decided to buy a computer. And he bought a computer, and all kids was, uh, were so excited. Oh, a new computer, what we can do it? And there is a very interesting games on it. And it was on Thursday. Then Shabbat came, and in Leil Shabbat, the whole family got to sleep. And that little child, 10 years old, had a nisayon. He felt so strong desire to turn on the computer and play a game on it. And he did it in the middle of the night. And his father accidentally came, uh, uh, woke up for the bathroom or something like this, and he saw his son, and he was in shock, freeze. But he uh, had listened to a lot of lectures in education, and he didn't want to punish his son. So he just paid him, told him, this is Shabbat. So the child closed the computer and get back to the bed. But do you know what happened in the future? He started to develop anxieties at night, especially on Shabbat nights. Because he always felt guilty. What have I done? What have I done? I made Chilul Shabbat. And he was 
was full with guilty that he had need for a, a special professional treatment. But that father actually missed the point of punishment. The point of, manage, of punishment says, now when your child broke his own limits, that's the time to use strong punishment. If he would smack him very strong, when I say very strong, don't, don't take it seriously, but smack him and tell him, I'm in shock, this is Shabbat, and that's it. And let me to emphasize, please, when I'm talking about punishment, when I'm talking about extremely actions, I'm talking on the background of a health home full with warmth and love constantly, full with encouragement constantly. I'm talking about a healthy family. When you created your health, healthy family, now I recommended you to use the punishment to make him being shocked, and then he feel that he purified. He had kapara on his sin. He paid for it. That's it. It's over. He left it behind and go on healthy in his life, instead of getting anxieties. Did you understand my point? I hopefully, I expressed myself as well. Now, this is the answer of your first question. When is the good time to punish? When you're convinced that your child did it indeed, he make these sins on purpose. Second rule is, you have to use a punishment to make him be in shock. But it has to be very short. Don't tell him, I'm going to think what to do with you until tomorrow. No. Because, because all the night is getting to anxieties. What's going to be tomorrow? What father, what dad is going to do to me? It has to be short. It has to be purified. That's it. It has to be full with feeling of kapara. You can forget it. You can left this sin behind. Now the warmth and love and encouragement takes the place back and everything just keep going as usual. And the only one who allowed to use this system is the one who created a healthy family. Did you understand it? I hope so. Now for the next question on this text. Also, what kind of punishment do you believe in for nine-year-old? Time out or take something away. My answer is, it doesn't matter. Just try to find something that is not punishment. Is its response. I mean, response says, you did something unacceptable. And the condition has to be that he was aware to the fact it's uncomfortable. Because 
A lot of parents, when you're a child doing something, now you decide, oh, it's, it's unacceptable. What, did you, what have you done? Wait a minute. Did you guide your child to not do it? Did you speak with him at that? Or are you just getting crazy? Why you did it? Why you, why you did it? You have to be convinced that your child actually knew in advance that he has to avoid from this behavior. Third condition. When you punished your child, just try to find kind of punishment that makes sense and punishment that have something to do with his deed. I mean, just like the, in my example. Um, uh, the example says, your child is jumping with shoes on the couch. Okay. Now, you take him to a separate room, and you can tell him, here there is no couch. Please be here for two minutes. Now it makes sense. I jumped on the couch. Here there is no couch. Okay. I understand the connection between my deed to the respond. It's easier to your child to draw a line. That's the way you have to use. But if your child jumping in the couch on the couch and you tell him, now you will not drive on your toy car. What is the connection? And when I'm talking about response, I have very, very uh, important comment. When I'm talking about the method of response instead of punishment, I'm talking about the ages between zero to seven, or maybe eight, but not more than that. Why? Because it's helped to your child to getting used to a world of rules. But it's effective in childhood. I mean, up to seven, maybe eight years old. But not more than that. More than that, it's not effective. I'm not saying that uh, it's, not, uh, it's not good for him or it's not going to work. But the most uh, years that actually we have to use it massive with the method of with the system of did and respond did and respond this is especially between zero up to seven eight years old a phone number for text messages 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. You can call in 718-683-5858. We're going to a small music break. Right after that, to one of your emails, our email address, info at abraham-barzilai.com. Stay with us. Thank <laughs> you. 
Oh, I don't want to be 
This is Abraham Barzilai from Harayat Anulat Show here in JWET Radio. Just like every year, I will visit in New York this year too, Emir Tzayashem. But today, we have something fresh. I'm glad to announce that we open a new professional parenting course in Brooklyn and Queens. Includes six intensive sessions, morning school and evening school. If you want to join me to an unbelievable journey, call now 347-893-9994. 347-893-9994. See you there. Well, we're here again with you. Let's take um, one of your questions. Hi, I have a son who is 13 years old, and he doesn't care to study in school and needs to take entrance exam for high school, but he is not preparing for it. says he doesn't care, and I'm scared no high school would accept him. He is not a dumb boy, just doesn't want to study. How can I apply for high school for him if he doesn't want to study for the exam? And he doesn't know it, he needs to study, or else he will fail. What should I do? Thank you. Thank you, too, for your question. 13 years old, we have to remember, we have to remember it's uh, pretty close to be out of Gil Chinuch. But let me um, to suggest you uh, one uh, important suggestion that actually dealing with the approach, how to approach to this child. We, we know we have a golden rule in education. Education means go with, not against. I mean, when you try to educate your child, you want to raise him. You have to work with him, not against him. I mean, as we already mentioned, and I hope I had the right words in English, to express the clear, pure idea that each one of us, any person in the world, even non-Jewish, created by the way that he wants to be bocher. In Hebrew we say bocher. I want to make decision for my life. So any trying to be involved in this process is going to be failed. It's not going to work. Now, I suggest to you, go in the positive way. I mean... Try to simulate your child to learn. I don't know if the father sent us the question or the mother, but I can tell you both. If his father can sit with him for 10 minutes a day, not more than that, 10 minutes. And even if we have to force him to sit for, that, for those 10 minutes, but... After he forced him, in a specific 10 minutes, try to make him feel good with his personality. Not with candies, not with promises for a nice future, not with talking. Just try to make him feel 
positive with his personality. I mean, if you're going, if he going very clean, and he's very, you know, it's looking good, and he approached the door to going out the street, stop him and tell him, you're so clean, you're so clear, I'm really proud of you, my son. Just try to make him feel better with his own personality. Not, don't speak about his skills, don't speak about his intelligence, no. Just speak about his personality. When you, um, uh, when you compliment your child for his clean, or for his eating very nice, very polite, this is a compliment directly into his personality. This is the best compliment you can make. It's very common uh, uh, effect when we see parents, you tell him, please encourage your child. So he tell him, I'm going to buy you a candy. I'm going to buy you a bicycle. I'm going to give you. I'm going to do for you. This is not encouragement. Encouragement means I want my child to feel better with his own personality as he is, without any, even a little sign, you know, to tell him, I want you to improve. No. Just forget it. Encouragement means let your child feel better with his own personality without doing any step ahead. Now, if his uh, major issue is studies, so the major solution has to be on the background of studies. His father has to sit with him 10 minutes a day, maybe two times a week. That's it. But in those two, ten minutes, it doesn't really matter what they're going to learn. The father can ask him, what do you want to learn? You want to learn Musa, you want to learn Alachot, whatever you want. But at this time, he has to give him a lot of compliments to make your child feel better. When someone feels good with his own personality, without any demand to make any improvement, now we have the cheshek to make more. you just using the principle of simulation that we always speaking about it in my radio shows. The only way to lead someone to somewhere is just by simulating him. And the major the strongest simulation is make him feel better with his own personality. When your child, every child has some uh, uh, values, something that he's very good at. It. Try to highlight it. Try to emphasize it. Try to aware your child, to make your child to be aware of his degrees. Because Every child has his own special, unique degrees. 
It's not obviously your child making Berkat Amazon, your child going with tzitzit. Give me a compliment. Yes, even if he's 13 years old, give him a compliment. I saw guys in the neighborhood that forgot to put on tzitzit. But you, my son, you will never forget it. The Gaon Mivilna, before he died, when he laid on his bed, he held his tzitziot and kissed it and started cry. And his Talmidim was around his bed and asked him, Rabbi, why are you crying? And he told him, how can I leave this beautiful world? In a few coins you can buy a simple tzitzit and make mitzvah every single second. I'm going to leave this world. I'm going to lose this great mitzvah. Then hugging your child and tell him, you are my private Gaon Mivilna. You are my personal Gaon Mivilna. And kiss him. Make him feel better with his personality. Don't talk about intelligence. Don't talking about skills. Don't talking about material values. Just talking directly to his personality. This is the only suggestion I can give you when we're talking about 13 years old. I emphasize it's because of the age. In earlier age, we have more tools to assist your child. But at this age, this is the, the most effort you have to put on to simulate your child to behave, to learn, to make him feel how much is fun without telling him, you see how much is fun? You see how you enjoy? So I want you to learn more. No, <laughs> you're collapsing the old tower you just built. Don't do that. And I really wish you a lot of success. Well, dear listeners, um, we have no uh, sufficient time for your emails, but Lina there, uh, in the next uh, radio show, uh, we shall read your emails also. Um, let me to remind you that we have, on the next month in December, we start a special parenting course in New York, in Brooklyn, and Queens. And if you want to register to a parenting um, a workshop, uh, you can be in touch um, by Ilana. And uh, her phone number to register, for, to register to the workshop, 347-893-9994. You have to hurry up because we have very limited spots. Three four seven eight nine three nine 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 four. Now, uh, for the listeners who want to speak with me privately, you can reach me every night between the hours of 10 p.m. through 12 midnight Israel time. My my personal phone number nine one seven eight zero nine four nine four four. You can reach me every Wednesday of, right after this radio show nine one seven. Eight zero nine four nine four four. Let me to have a great, thankful, 
to Iran Jacob, who brings my voice into your ears, and to Nisim Lazari, the manager of this radio station, wonderful radio station, and a special thanks to Miss Ilana, uh, who arranged all my next visit in New York. We will see you on the next month. Just keep listening to J-Root Radio. Bye-bye.